and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey. All right, we're now. Recording. You can record now, but I'm just currently... (laughs) Recording, onion ring, chomping. (laughs) I'm I'm not joking, this is literally my cocaine. Mm. Mm. I don't know why, it's just corn and onion dust, but it's the best. So this is a new uh, onion ring eating podcast you're doing. What's the word? Have you ever seen, have you ever seen those, like, music, those videos about people who have, like, it's like century. It's like saying, hi, and welcome to this. Let me just speak to you softly while I rub this balloon. <laughs> really softly. Ooh, I bet you like that. Yeah, I saw a, a funny video actually the other day of like someone they, they'd recorded someone eating a pickle, and uh, <laughs> uh, but the thing was the sound effect. The microphone was really close to it, and the sound effects was was horrible. Like of her just eating this pickle. Oh my god, that's the worst. It's, it's, I mean, look, I like pickled, pickled gherkins, but I don't find anything like seductive about. Have you seen this pickle? <sighs> Pickle Rickle, am I, am I right? Am I right? Oh dear. Boys? Boys? Stop watching that trash! One man's trash is another man's torture. Starring Johan Chappal as the inflictor of pain and Edward Harvey as the victim. From Studio Enigmatic comes the Trash Tapes. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Trash Tapes where someone else is trashed someone else's treasure. Ooh. To know about treasure. It's, well, it's ours at the minute, because this is the first episode of this podcast. My name is Johan Chapal, and with me I've got my always regular compadre of arms, as we call it, uh, Edward Harvey. Glad to be here. <laughs> you sound very... You don't sound as enthusiastic as I am. Yeah. <laughs> I say you're glad to be, glad to be here. It's it's my house. it's your house. <laughs> We're doing this in your house. But I want to give the illusion that I'm the guest. Oh like. yeah, you're not the guest. I'm the host of it. But yeah, I'm basically I'm not the host. I'm basically the guy who is selecting these movies where we're going to watch together and end up torturing you. Yeah, because we decided. I mean. 
we, I wanted you to be the host because last time we did like a, a web show, it was a mm. gaming show, and I was yeah. the host of that. Uh, now we switched it up, so you're the host because your knowledge of trashy movies is it's phenomenal. <laughs> basically, I'm basically once a month, I'm going to come round to your house and say, "Hey." We've got some beers, we've got some snacks, and I'm going to show you a movie. And we think, oh, it's fine. But these movies are not your regular kind of movies. These are movies that are just literally the worst. And <laughs> Because this is the thing. You and I, we are cinephiles, and we're a little bit of, like, film snobs at times. We can admit that we can be film snobs. But I go to the dark side. Yeah. I go to movies which are literally named as rubbish, as trashy tapes. Yeah. And so... And since, luckily, by the sound of things, you've not seen any of these. No, like, I was looking through the list that Johan presented to me when he first got here, mm. and there was a lot of movies, some of the movies I'd never heard of, and some of them I, I had heard of that I thought, yeah, I've got to watch that at some point, but I yeah. haven't yet. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a combination of that, mm. and uh, I was literally looking through them, like, got to do an episode on that, got to do an episode <laughs> on that. And there's not, there's not one movie that I thought... Nah, I'm not sure about that one. The reason why I love these movies is most of the time they are bad. They're terrible movies. But the reason why they're so bad is also because they're sincere. Mm. Like, there is a weird thing underneath it that they really genuinely thought somewhere Mm. that they were making a really good movie. Yeah. And those are the ones that I want to share with you. So, in terms of... We'll probably present this to the... uh, to the fans in terms of what defines trash, but, like, mm. you've got your own opinion, and everyone's... I think we agree on our, on the opinion of what a, trash, yeah. what a trashy movie is. But, like, I, there are at least some trashy movies that it's obvious that the director is aware yeah. that they're, they're making a trashy movie, but sometimes they're not aware. Which is best, do you think? Do you the like? best ones, those ones which are totally aware, but they do it in a way that's good, right? That yeah. means, like, we know we're making an exploitation movie, so we're going full force in it. That mm. means they're aware of it, so they're not holding back or trying taking themselves seriously. Yeah. They'll go full force. So if you watch a black exploitation movie, or you watch, like, a non-sploitation movie, or a Bruce Lee station movie, there is a Bruce Lee exploitation movie, where basically, once Bruce Lee died, they just brought a whole bunch of fake people that look like Bruce Lee. And um, they'll go full force with it. It's like, no, this is really the thing. Yeah. And they'll break all the rules and do weird stuff, stuff you've never seen before, and they're great. But the best ones for comedy value are the ones who genuinely think that they're making a good movie. Yeah. And ones who think, like, this is not trash, this is wonderful stuff. Mm. And then we look at it and say, how? Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the best trashy movie I've seen lately that it's obvious that they were aware of the trash the trash we were making. Is Jack Frost. Have you seen Jack Frost? Not yeah. the Michael Keaton one. No, but no, that's, that's a different thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different kind of trash. <laughs> but, like, no, the, the horror snowman one. Yeah! yeah. Oh. It, it, it's absolutely hilarious, and it's intentionally hilarious yes. as well. Uh, I just thought it was a really good trashy movie. And that's the thing is, those ones are fine because... Because they know it's trashy, but the, what they do is they have it's no holds barred. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like it's like for example when you watch a wrestling match and it's saying like, there's no disqualifications, you know, false count anywhere, you know, you can do whatever the hell you want and no one can stop you. And that's literally that's the best ones. Mm. The ones who are doing an exploitation movie but don't go far enough are the ones which start going a bit bad or ones that don't really push things or ones that don't make too much sense. Uh, those are the ones which have just become bad movies. So yeah. we're going in full circle. So this podcast is mostly going to be an excuse for me just to show you 
this um, alignment of really rubbish, trashy movies, whether it's from movies that just got nothing but sex in it, movies that just got nothing but gore in it, movies that make no goddamn sense, movies that are cheap that you could probably, your grandmother could probably make it in their backyard. That's, <laughs> which I think I'll probably do a better job. Probably do a better job, yeah. So. Yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing with this podcast, and we're yeah. hopefully going to have an episode about once a month. Yeah. So uh, why why troll two then? Right. So the movie we picked is Troll Two first. Now, the reason why Troll Two I picked first is because it's actually what I like to consider like one of the Citizen Kane's of bad movies. <laughs> it's a whole documentary about it as well. It's a whole documentary made in 2009 called The Best Worst Movie, which is literally looking at how these people made this movie and also looking at how the actors came out later. Mm. And turns out, like, actually, people really love this. But there's some really interesting factoids that I've got. I've got my phone ready yeah. with all the factoids I'm going to fling at you later on throughout this whole thing. Yeah. So in order to sort of discuss what Troll 2 is about, we need to sort of sum up, first of all, like, what is Troll 2? Now, I'm going to give you a little brief mm. of what Troll 2 is about and what's happened. So Troll 2 is a, a movie that's made in 1990. Uh, so it was on the brisk of just the brisk of the eighties. Hence why when we watched it, we always felt weird eighties bits that didn't really seem to match in the whole movie. Um, it was originally done by an Italian director, but went by an American name because he said because in the trailer and it says, and I quote, "I want to make an American movie," and no one would believe an Italian did it. Now, mm. on top of that, the Italian is also quite quite renowned for, and his wife who wrote the script do not really speak any English. Right. And they wrote the script in bad English and demanded the script was said word for word. Oh, so some of the bad dialogue might be the translation thing. It's like... not even translation. They wrote it in English. They just don't know how to speak English. Yeah. No, so it might not sort of translate very well, well uh, so, when converting it. Kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. And so they made this and the movie was originally going to be called Goblins, which makes sense. Mm. But, American, but the American distributor said... We don't, we don't think it's going to do that well that way, so we're going to lynch it off another trashy movie called Trolls mm. that had some success and called it Troll 2 but had absolutely no connection with it whatsoever. Yeah, they do, they do that a lot, actually, don't they? they do borrow titles, to attach a title to a movie just so that it sells off the title. Yeah, right? but the thing is, yeah. out of all the movies, <laughs> yeah. no one's heard of Troll. So why Troll 2? So yeah, um, and so from that, it's basically, imagine an Italian director who's trying to make an American movie mm. who doesn't speak a lick of English trying to direct a whole bunch of amateur actors in a movie that he, he genuinely thinks is a masterpiece, but he cannot translate it well. And because no one really cared for this movie, it was done so cheaply yeah. that... There was no love left afterwards. No, well, it's just a disaster waiting to happen. Isn't it? It's a total mess. Um, so that's the premise of what how the movie got made. Mm. So the thing is actually talking about the plot. So you saw it. So we've just finished seeing this. So the idea is that we've just finished literally seeing this movie. The, it's fresh in our heads. Yeah, even though it's fresh in my. Head. I still don't really know what was happening. Do you want to give a from your synopsis, from your idea, from just watching this? What's the plot? Well, there's like 
Uh, I don't know where to start with it. Start from the beginning. <laughs> so go literally scene by scene. All the things you remember. Uh, it's it's just it's like a, a blur. I just remember green faces, <laughs> lots of like green monster cum faces. Oh, oh my god, it was so that wasn't it? And uh, well, it's obviously it starts with. Uh, what what I thought was going to be a great uh, m- like movie because it's like you know it, it, a lot of the time say in the eighties you have these these kind of setups where you've got a bedtime story type thing yeah thing like the Princess and Bride it, and yeah and it's ref- and then the is the whole movie cuts to the the story of what's happening and then it cuts back to the grandfather and that was thinking oh okay okay this is kind of, that, I, might, I, that might be kind of cool i like, remember from the literally when the first minute you could oh this is going to be cool it's like this is not how it turns out yeah <laughs> peter was a courageous boy <laughs> dawn, he could feel fear i love it to his skin <laughs> like dew on leaves the fog was thick enough to make him lose what his way home no, you, don't you know this is how this is what people in olden times wore, obviously. It was like flipping Pinocchio. Small shadows seemed to giggle as they followed in his footsteps. She was a lovely girl with huge eyes, the color of the sea. And fake freckles, clearly. Yeah, just like eyeliner pencil just drawn on her face. That is not real freckles, mate. immediately fell in love with her. That's the point. Goblins don't need to. Oh, is this one the where the whole rest. movie's like a story being told? Yeah. Like, no, Princess Bride. Like, but no, you wish because oh. that would have made the movie good. No. <laughs> I won't you anymore. So uh, then you you realise that the, the the grandpa isn't there. <laughs> I love I love how you find out he's not there. First of all, you think, oh yeah, it's all that kind of thing, and then later on, you know, literally when the mum walks in, it's like, what are you talking? Who? Who? What are you talking? Who are you talking to? And yeah. literally just. D- literally gone, and, a, and the rocking chair is still yeah, moving. Still rocking. And this, by this point, the the kid looks like he's schizophrenic, and the dad, uh, the granddad, is just in his head. It's just one. <laughs> it, the kid looks more and more insane throughout the movie. But then, as as we'll mention later on, the grandfather has more magical powers than we've ever thought he had. Yeah, and it's never explained. Why he's magic, the granddad. He's mad because we think, is he a ghost? Is he a wizard? We don't know. Um, but anyway, from that point, the grandfather starts saying the story, first of all, right? And he's yeah. talking about the origins of the goblins. So here's a question, first of all. How do you think of the, how do you think the goblins? What do you think of the goblins? Uh, they're basically like cheap Halloween costumes. Like, <laughs> really, like some of them... The, the thing was, there's not a consistency to them, like, mm. in terms of like... If you're gonna do goblins, decide on the look and yeah. then stick to that. And like, have you can have little variations, but there's, there's some of them have got like eye holes cut out in yeah. their masks. And then you kept laughing at one that's literally got the eye holes covered. <laughs> the eyes up. are still there. It's like as if it's like, oh, all of them are cut. And it's like, oh, you haven't cut this one, then Larry, you know, whoever he's doing it. Oh, good grief! It was it was probably one of the most ridiculous because he looked. You think, obviously, you can tell it was a mask by that point. I know, I know they all were, but you can tell that that one was like clearly no one gave two shits about that guy. It's a film, film mirage. Film it's like mirage, but with film. film in it. Oh, good God. Oh, yeah. This music. It's epic. 
Oh man, it's the it's this movie is famous for having just all the cornucopia of everything that just makes it pure rubbish. It's it's up there as one of the citizen caves of bad movies. This this music sounds like the uh, music to like a driving game. The, I know, on, right? Like on the, on the like from like nineteen ninety five. Oh god, it's like you've just put, you just got a PlayStation, <laughs> and you're about to play Ridge Racer. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh man, this is epic! And you 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 put in the disc, you realise it's just a man being chased by trolls. Yeah. No, not trolls, goblins. Right. So they. The, the, somehow, I can't remember why do they decide to just go to the town. They decide to. They were deciding to go to the town because uh, they were going to go on a vacation. They wanted mm-hmm. to have like, and like, like, like in the movie said, we want to go back to our ancestry, like peasants and farmers. As, oh yeah. <laughs> like no, number one, no one wants to be a peasant. Like. He basically wants to he wants to go on a vacation for like yeah. a longish summer vacation in like in the middle of flipping nowhere. Mm. And the town, do you remember the name of the town? Nilbog. Nilbog. Yeah. Which is number one, the weirdest name ever. Yeah. Um, but so in other words, they want to go to Nilbog. But going back to the thing, the beginning where you have the fairy tale, they explain mm. the the fairy tale about the origins about oh this introduces to the green goop and the really fake looking goblins mm. and the fact that the goblin people feed these people like these really this which basically looked like some kind of slime mixed with plasticine mm. that's bright neon green but we were saying when we were watching the movie mm. it was like that it was the time when slime like everyone loves yeah. slime not just in movies but like in it was like a toy type thing and you got because you got the, like, the ghostbusters not that many years ago yeah and um but i remember having like not just ectoplasm, but like big, like toxic waste kind of <laughs> toxic things waste, and, like in tubs. Yeah, and like you just play with slime and just get coated in your toys and kind of like it's just and like a, oh man, and, on top and it of looked that. like that kind of slime, like the toy slime. It didn't even look like the fun slime because no. like because fun slime's like Nickelodeon, let's gunju slime, right? Mm. That was it. Wasn't even that fun. It was just literally, it literally looked like someone got play doh and melted it. <laughs> Yeah. And said, here you go. And it's neon green as well, which is gross. So if you, apparently if you eat plasticine in this universe, you turn into a pile of green gooey vegetables. Yeah. And it's obvious that they were trying to be, in some ways, they're trying to be like kind of cool with the use of green. Because there's lots of green in other places. And stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, let, let's be arty with this. Let's put some green <laughs> in everywhere. Like the kids skateboard. Let's have that green with green wheels and things like that. I, yeah. And uh, just like, let's have a green theme going on. But it didn't matter, all that kind of stuff. You don't, don't, don't think about it too much. You're making a crappy movie. No one makes sense of it. I think that's the thing. It's probably there was a symbolism with all the green. You know, it's like saying, you know, it's like, here's a hint. If someone's going to be green he's probably a goblin but you couldn't really tell because the guy was everything was green everything was green mm. it, or if, if that was a case where if it was if everything anything was green was goblin related then the guy should have people should have flipping noticed by this point but what happened was is he got the family okay let's talk about the family members for a minute um so you have you have the son you have the little son who is like a bratty 10 year old who, oddly enough, is probably, in my opinion, probably the best act- one of the better actors in the He movie. is the best act- I mean, he's not brilliant himself, but, like, in terms of the quality, or the quality <laughs> going round, <laughs> he is probably the best actor. He has range. This is yeah. the thing. The kid is the only one who has 
rage. So you have that. Then the next one you're introduced to is the mother. Which is my personal favourite. Why, why is the mum's your favourite? <laughs> because the mum has got, like, uh, notch one in her acting realty and notch ten and nothing in between. She'll just be, like, <laughs> uh, a monotone. I can't make any kind of emotion whatsoever. Then all of a sudden, everything's fantastic. <laughs> and look, I'm on notch ten now. I'm notch ten mum. <laughs> the cocaine has finally kicked in. Yeah. That you must banish him from the kid's got a, a lamp that's also a basketball. Said? This is kind of cool. I want that lamp. <laughs> oh, I love the fact that there's a dramatic scene here and you're focusing, man, that lamp. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's a, a typical example of a bad movie because the production design is distracting. It shouldn't be. Like, I know, right? Plus, at the same time, she's not really saying much of note. She's... she's a, she hasn't really changed her emotion at all in the last few minutes. So I'm, yeah. she's... <laughs> <laughs> She's mom bot 3000. <laughs> no, I know there's just the, the dialogue is great though because like how much do we laugh at when the dad greets those teenagers he just comes he, he comes in and he, look, he should like it looks like he should be really really pissed off with them and like yeah. sort of like defensive and like I'm going to look after protective of his daughter. Yeah. But he just he goes up to him storms up to him and goes so kids How's life? <laughs> That's <laughs> the best reading of it. That's his opening statement. Yeah, because th- th- that's that totally says, hey, that's angry dad, right? Yeah, because he says it, like, in a statement way, not as a question. He kind of says it like, I'm going to say this to introduce this conversation. And I'm going to do it sternly, and it's going to mean business. Because they don't really want to answer it, do they? They just kind of, like... Besides, uh, that's, a, that's a big, vague question. Yeah. Like, that's a vague question. If someone went up to me, hey, how's life? It's like, well, there's a, mm. there's a lot I can go through right now. Christ. What is it? Your sister Holly's with that Playboy son of the Coopers. So, kids, how's life? Listen, Mr. Waits, wait, I don't I... want to have anything to do with you. I don't want to speak to people who arrive late and upset their girlfriends. You've given me a bad impression. Right. Yeah, I was just always commenting on the fact that, like, the, the dad is is seen in a variety of PJs, actually, not just one pair of PJs. <laughs> he likes like, pajamas. He's got some snazzy PJs in, the, in a few scenes, uh, but they're unbuttoned, almost right to the bottom button. <laughs> right to the belly button. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of is he must be really proud of his chest. Yeah. <laughs> the man works out. Or maybe, like, just the director just really liked him. Oh, it's so bizarre. That's the thing is all the people are introduced in this movie in really weird ways. The daughter's first introduced by pumping iron. Mm. Like, probably like, yeah, I've got pumping up iron and shit. Yeah, and it's like, all right, that's really random. Perhaps because- they just wanted it. That's a bit of sex appeal. Put that in there and make the sexy pumping iron sweaty. And stuff yeah, like it's that. probably that, but it's so random. Because, yeah. you know, because that's the thing is, if she's pumping iron, she's supposed to be a strong, like, independent woman. Mm. That's the only time in the entire movie where she's actually done anything productive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so, th- so we're introduced to the whole family. And then we had the weird bit where, just right at the time when they're in, when the kid's in bed, like he's in bed, and suddenly you hear a knocking on the window. And <laughs> you think, like, ooh, but it's in bed. And then we talk about the music, which literally just sounds like it's come from, like, a kid's keyboard. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping 
I'm hoping some like bits of my comments of the music will be used in this because I was constantly being a composer commenting on the music. The music is like very much like a nineties computer game. Like late night like <laughs> PlayStation era. Yeah. Um so in that respect, he was ahead of his time because it was made in five years ahead. It was in the future, but it all—it never sounded complete. It always had that kind of weird sixteen-bitish tone to it, didn't it? I think it was probably because a lot of it was probably, uh, even though it, it did say that there was like a composer, but it also sounded like stock music a lot of the time, didn't it? Like, oh, well, I, I, the composer was just like, well, I can't be bothered to compose a bit of music for that bit. I'll just put some stock music in. But here's the thing as well. Like, I'm looking through IMDb as we speak to look at everybody, right? Mm. Everyone. Like, literally, nearly, like, nearly everyone in the entire cast and crew. Like, the crew in particular. All the crew, majority of them, were Italian. Yeah. And looks like half of them were not probably even there on the shoot. Like, they were there, like, a little bit. They say, like, and they're talking Italian to each other. The actors have no fucking idea what's going on. They've got maybe one or two translators, and even then they're like, meh. I mean, this is what happens, right? When you have people who don't understand what's going on on set. Like, yeah. And th- this is the kind of movie that gets made when no one knows what each other's saying. I know, right? It's just so confusing. And this is the thing. is like, this is the thing. When, when, when you were looking at the credits at the very beginning, you say like, oh, Drake Floyd. Yeah. And I told you that's not his real name. No. His yeah. real name is Claudio Fragrasso. Mm. A proper Italian there, I tell you. Maybe because he realised, he goes, I, make, I want to make a good American movie. And he does that. And but using a fake name, that's just like, that won't do you any favours because... It, what do you want to be known by that name after that point, or do you want to be known by your original name or well, like? True, but Drake Floyd at least is pronounceable. I suppose, did, did he? Was he just? Is like? An, was it like an experiment? You think? <laughs> like he was just trying it. And if if that movie, if this Troll Two ended up being a the, commercial the, success, this would magnum he just, opus, would he just like then? Oh, I'll continue using this name and make other movies. Ah, uh, it could have been. But, just, but no one would believe that he was like, oh, so you were a Drake Floyd from Alabama? Yes. <laughs> so did if you put Drake Floyd in to IMDb, does it come up? It comes, well, it's, when you type in Drake Floyd, it comes in as just the the one movie that he, that he did. And it looks like, actually, and then it reveals as actually the real director now. Right. So it's it, he didn't hide it very well. But that, yeah. what I was going to say was the composer was also Italian. But yeah. So basically it feels like a lot of it's been lost in translation somehow. Yeah, um, <laughs> it feels a lot like A lot of it. I mean, here's another thing as well. Here's an interesting factoid that you're going to find fascinating, is that the cast... Only got the script on a scene by scene basis. So oh when, God. so in other words, they didn't get the full script at the beginning. They only got the scene. They only got script per scene that they were doing in, which means they had the entire thing out of context. Yeah. So this is why, as well. I mean, the actors aren't brilliant to begin with, but if you're not giving the actor the whole package to absorb and think, oh, this is what happened in the story. So if, I, if I'm if i in this sort of scene, I'm going to be feeling like this at this particular time. If you're just giving, oh, this is your scene, yeah. no, out of context, this is your scene, this is what you've got to do. They're just going to be wooden, aren't they? They're going to be cardboard cutouts. Then again, like... though, then again, looking back at IMDb and this magical database, you're going to love all this, right? Okay, so the father... His name is George Hardy. Mm. He barely he is. I'm looking. I'm looking back at his IMDb page. He doesn't really act. All the act. All the leads were originally casted as extras. 
all of them were originally there just to be extras, and right. then they all got lead parts. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> George Hardy was a dentist. Yeah. He was just Wait, a Which de- one's that? The dad. The dad. The yeah. dad was just a dentist. And, okay, so he, this guy... He just felt like doing in, a bit of acting. It's like, oh, I just want to be an extra on the side because, you know, we heard that, you know, this this Italian movie is being made in America, being close t- close by. So he participated and he only had to... Apparently, again, looking back at IMDb, this is amazing. If you ever want to find more details about Troll 2, just go on IMDb, the track... The, the trivia is fantastic. Um, he got the part of the dad because do you remember the okay? This, his best line is, "I will not pit. I will not allow you to piss on hospitality. I won't allow it." Do you know what it means? Hospitality. Hospitality. That's not hospitality. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. <laughs> what are you going to do to me, Daddy? Tighten my belt by one loop so I don't. I thought he was going to piss on him there. And your sister and mother will have to do likewise. <laughs> Right after, this is after, okay, and he said that literally loud as, loudly just once in a room of nine Italians who don't speak a word of English, who are smoking cigars, and they say like, and literally say like, I like his gusto, we'll hire him. It's so weird, that, that, that scene was really weird because it was like, he was, he was talking about like pissing, and he was reaching down as like as if he was going to start pissing himself. I know, right? But he obviously was going to get his belt off in terms of like to discipline the kid. Yeah. But like he was, he's like reaching down as if he was going to like yeah start pissing himself while he was talking about pissing. Oh, it was just so, so weird. And plus, he, he was he was angry for the kid, but he sounded monotone the entire time. So it sounded like this really weird dramatic monologue that didn't really go anywhere because we're just now rambling um so that part happens once everyone decides to go to good nice to go to nilbog right so mm. you finally go to nilbog and they realize everyone's a bit weird like literally all the town folk are staring at them as if they're like we don't like your kind around here mm. um pretty much like you know deliverance kind of weird way they're just staring like oh you're weird i don't like you city folk and um, they go into the house and meet the family's there the family says, we're going to swap houses. It's like this vacation. We swap houses. You get to see the city. We get to see the countryside because we get to pretend to be farmers and so on. And everyone looks fucking dead-eyed. Mm. And it, it is, to a point, it can be legitimately creepy. But the weird thing is, is that it can be creepy. And in a moment, it could have been creepy if done properly. But it was inept. Yeah. <laughs> and right. like, There isn't any isn't any horror in this movie. I mean, it's supposed to be like a horror comedy or is it meant to be a comedy? I don't, don't I I don't honestly think it was meant to be a comedy. No, I mean, it is funny, but it's unintentionally funny. Uh, But I don't know. Because there are some bits where it's quite like campy and stuff. Like, I just don't know if it's accidental or not. But anyway, there's no bits where I thought, oh, that's kind of a good horror element there. Mm. it's, It's not scary at all. How sweaty is that kid? How long has it been? Oh, it looks like he's gone to the pool. <laughs> and I just say something. Oh, oh. no! Uh, that's gross. Dramatic lighting. <laughs> Dramatic lighting. Oh, no, he's turning into a tree! <laughs> it's so disturbing seeing that green stuff on a kid's face, though. I know, right? right? It's, <laughs> it's gross, isn't it? 
Oh god. Ugh. Oh god. Oh no! <laughs> Mom and Daddy tro- Oh! <laughs> Look at that one! That's- It's not even- Oh! What? What? What is that mask? Oh god. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, so is he becoming a troll? Or goblin? He's becoming the food of the goblins. Oh, right. In between this entire thing, Grandpa is appearing, like, randomly. Like, he appears randomly to the boy as, um, to, to the son, like, as, as, a, hom- as, a, as a hobo, like a, like a hitchhiker. Mm. And just randomly, and it's just so weird. Number one, the, part, the, the boy's saying, stop the car, stop the car, we need to see him. And then turns around and goes and talks to his hobo, mm. who's, who's, who's now been embodied as Grandpa for a minute. And then, and then one thing is, number one, the family didn't drive back. What are you doing? It's like, well... My question is, why did you stop? <laughs> yeah, but then the the hobo he, he turns back into a regular hobo, yeah, doesn't yeah. he? Uh, and we were commenting on the fact that his the makeup in that section is like it, it's the, the dirt on his face is highlighting his cheekbones. <laughs> it's just like you're doing you're doing dirty wrong, like makeup. You artist. shouldn't look so good <laughs> while dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. You're talking to you're talking to a random hobo who looks like Grandpa. Get in the car, Joshua. Come on, hurry. Number one, this is the thing. Go back to it. The soot on his face or whatever it is, it's just actually accenting his cheekbones. It's like you look ravishing for a hobo, mate. You look great. Look, it's got like dramatic look. It's got excellent cheekbones. No. Okay, so by that point, they've all gone in there, and already there is um, and this leads up to the big random like belt sequence. And okay, so they go into the house, and already food is there, and it's like, and and the father's like, oh, wonderful cus, wonderful hospitality. He says hospitality in this movie like a bajillion times, and he's gonna go go and eat, and it's about to go, and all the food doesn't look appetizing no. at all because. You describe the food. The food is always weird in this movie. It, well, it all looks plastic. It mm. all looks like it's not actual real food. So you can't believe that these people would go, oh, yeah, that looks really good. I'll, I'll just tuck in. <laughs> it, it doesn't look real for a start. And everything is coated in some kind of green stuff. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know about you, but when like, there's something that's green... It's food related, and mm. unless it's you know supposed to be green, it's, uh, that's fine. But like, if you get some random green stuff, like like weird goo or whatever on food, yeah, you get it now, nah, nah, mate, now nah, I'll pass on that. I think <laughs> not at all. That's the weird thing. It's like, for example, like when the um, later on is like when when the sheriff gives that kid this this burger. It's not even a burger. It's just she's just two pieces of bread with green shit in the middle of it. No one would eat this. Like, who would eat this? Yeah, I just got like a... It's just a, it's a sandwich that he's prepared, but it's just like a little a little green mess in his hand. Oh, like, it's gross. It's so gross. No, and people are eating this or think this is good food. None of it is. Yeah, it was, what's so funny is the fact that they just happily eat this weird-looking food. If I gave you a sandwich with green goop in it, you would instantly go, nah, mate. 
<laughs> right? Nah, mate. Nah. nah, it's fine. I'll uh, I'll just I'll just wait to go next go to the chippies next door. <laughs> Grandpa appears again in the window. Yeah, and he tells him like you've only got thirty seconds, and this is where we start questioning the legitimacy of Grandpa because. Mm. Before then, we just thought the kid is crazy and just imagining Grandpa everywhere, right? Mm. Then he goes to the window, and the window goes, he knocks it, he knocks it, and literally, Grandpa's knocking on the window. And the other rest of the family do not see this, but the boy does. And he goes yeah. over to the window and says, like, you need to stop him from eating. I was like, why? Because this will turn them into the goo of the goblins. And I was like, so what do you do? He does this, he snaps his fingers. And then he's able to freeze time for 30 seconds. It's just so powerful. I mean, it's a proper magician. I know. He stops time for 30 seconds. It's never explained. And it goes like, you've got 30 seconds to figure out how to stop this. It's like, if you think about it, this movie, if, if, if it was from the perspective of the child and everything, that, like, because how a child's imagination works... Then that would be kind of cool, but I don't think it's intentional. That's the thing, you, know, you have to understand. You have to. This is something you have to learn about trash movies. Not everything you think is cool, yeah, is completely unintentional. Accidental. It's yeah. totally accidental. <laughs> Anything you think that was just be that's actually a really good sequence, probably done by accident. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but of course the the filmmakers would probably take that. As, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, did, oh, I totally. <laughs> I totally imagined this. This is how it was supposed to be. And that's the thing as well. Talking back to the director, um, director is still convinced it was a good movie. Many years later, after it's been trashed, to the point that at one point he went to a screening of this, but people are laughing at it, and people are, and he's still confused many years later as to why people are laughing oh, at the movie when it's supposed to be a serious movie. And he's the director and said, like, I'm generally convinced I made a good movie. This is a good movie. This is a good American movie. And the rest of the cast are like, no, mate, it's a it's we're we're happy that we're involved because we're like now that this is now seen as this move everyone's seen this movie, but people are loving it. They're loving it not because it's like you know, it's like a serious movie, but because people are having fun watching it. We had a hell of a lot of fun watching this. He doesn't like it, the fact that people like it because it's bad. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I would just, I would just take it, like, as a compliment because it's like, you, people are still enjoying it, you know? Yeah, people watch this movie in the droves. There's, like, midnight screenings and yeah. stuff like that for this movie, so I would have gone full force with this. Mm. But this is, this is what I mean. Like, if this is what I mean by, all oh, there's some good bits in this, but the reason why they're good is because they're accidental or we've made it up. Mm. And we love it anyway because it's so funny. And this is a bit of one of the first laughs, I think, properly in this movie. It's when Grandpa freezes time mm. for 30 seconds. And you can clearly see all the actors just standing still. You can see they're breathing and, like, and really trying their best not to move. And, you know, the daughter's holding this weird corn, the cob thing with green goo on it. Again, with the green goo. And the son is thinking, what's the best way for no one to eat food? And yeah. he goes up on this chair and pisses on it you know you don't see him piss it thank god for that because no. he's like a 10 year old but you see him just stand up and say i must stop him i must do this and he just unzips and the next shot is literally the family just throwing all the food out yeah because i don't want to even imagine that the the scene of him actually pissing on because like you know she, the, the daughter has got <laughs> got a corner near a mouth it's so weird. 
movie, we, like, even when watching this movie, we haven't gone into this much in depth already. So now we think, oh, this is fucking weird. Out of all the options, you decide to piss on it. I must do it. I must do it. What is happening? Yes. He just oh, peed on all of the food. Don't For little shit. <laughs> a big spanking for shit. little shit. That's a quote. This smells. This, gets, this is where it starts getting weird. Because by this point, we haven't even talked about the boyfriend yet. No. So we have the boyfriend of the daughter follow, who, who's following them around in a in a caravan so they can sneakily do like like sexy time. But he ends up being stupid. He brings like his free lackeys. <laughs> Who are all horny teenagers? Yeah, all in the caravan, and they're all awful. They're all terrible. Yeah, they're just classic sort of nineties movie like cliches, aren't they? Like they, they just yeah, just they, well, they just just want to like going for sex all the time, aren't they? Yeah, let's, let's yeah, let's go bonking. Listen, if I let, let, let's just say if you and I were going to go out somewhere on the pull, we wouldn't go to the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> Neil, let's go to Nilbog. I heard Nilbog's where you get all the action. No! Why do the kids, the, other, the teenagers, why do they go? Well, the idea was, is that the boyfriend wants to go to go to be with the girlfriend mm. and convinced by tricking the other three mm. that, oh, there's loads of hot virgin ladies. Yeah, they say right. virgins as well, which is really creepy. Yeah, because that, that normally wouldn't, inha- wouldn't entice... A teenage boy, like the virgin thing. I don't think it would. It's like they, they usually were more attracted to kind of girls with experience. Surely. No, but like, it's, it's more like, like it's it's more the idea is like they're waiting to be plucked. And I find that half the lines are really gross. Hence yeah. why, I, I don't know, might be in a weird like, maybe this this Italian man has a thing for virgins. I have no idea. Yeah. But oh, this, is the, this is the weird thing. I read it as well. It's read it, reading this as well. It's not just him who wrote it. It's his wife who wrote it as well. Right. So... This husband and wife team wrote weird shit like this. Um, so yeah, by this point, they're now in nil. They're now nil hog, nil bog, and um, the house has no food. Mm. The house already is left with absolutely no food. Just some weird milk. Yeah, which looks literally like 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 PVA glue. Yeah, it doesn't look like anything drinkable, right? So like um, the glue you had in school, so when you're doing like craft and stuff. Yeah, like that. it looks really flippid, like thick <laughs> and creamy, and that's not a euphemism. It's just <laughs> literally just it looks gross. It looks really, really nasty. So the father and son go off, right? Mm. And so the daughters and the mums left in the house, kind of thing. Then we come back to the caravan. And this is when Arnold finds this woman running in the forest with tattered clothes. Mm. We've never seen this woman in our lives. Yeah. Like, ever. There's no introduction. She looks a little bit like Kim Cattrall. And also, like, a really, like, bad version of, like, Sharon Stone. Like, a really low-budget Sharon Stone. I was going to say, actually, it's, it reminds me of both, like, either Kim Cattrall or um, Sharon Stone. Mm. But they're, like, really, really, like, they're, like you know, this is the uh, the penny version. You, get, yeah, you buy you, it for the cheap. You can't get those people, so let's just... Okay, now we need to talk about Arnold. The... His, his acting range is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's he, like, oh, it's so, so funny. When he's reacting to any situation, it's on, like, one level, and that just makes it 
beautiful to watch. <laughs> and you know what the level is? Fed up. Yeah. It's like he doesn't want to be there. Just mildly miff. He's <laughs> like, he's a little annoyed. <laughs> like, he finally sees these trolls for the first time around. We say trolls, but they're goblins. Yeah. Um, the thing is, like, I know in the movie, these these goblins, they, like, when there's an audience member watching it, they look cheap and a bit naff and stuff. But if if this character was supposed to believe that these were, like, goblins, yeah. just there in front of him, he would have been shitting himself, surely. Mm. But he just, looks, he just looks at them like they're just... Annoying people is just kind of just approaching them. It's like, oh, you know what? Piss off, mate. Piss off. <laughs> you know, like I just, I just, don't, I'm just trying to like get it on with this girl here who I've just met. Yeah, and his and his bruise and cup, but I want a banger. And you're getting in me where you're kind of cough blocking yeah, me. Yeah, like almost like as if they're annoying kids that are like younger than him I, 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 that's the kind of reaction he gives it's like, like 10 year olds in masks right yeah. but that's the thing they probably were yeah <laughs> like, although then again right but then the he goes up to them doesn't he and he yeah. like tries to like be manly and kind of yeah like you shouldn't be around here kind of thing you get out of here kind of thing. <laughs> get out of here what are you doing at least she was reacting to him like yeah the like she like, was like, legitly acting there was yeah. like <laughs> Like, actually, here's the thing. Maybe she's technically the best actress in the movie, even though we... I don't even know her name. We never find out her name. It's a shame that is, really, like, in in, in movies, especially, like, ones like this. Because sometimes little bit parts can be... They can be the best actors, because she was actually reacting to the situation like she should. She was acting. Yeah. You know, she was acting. <laughs> uh, good grief. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, what are they? Monsters, what do you want from me? Uh, wait here, wait here. I'll take care of them. Let me give you some advice, you dwarfs. Get out of here, or you're going to be in a lot of trouble. (coughs) 
Hey, did you guys hear that yell? It was probably just Arnold deflowering a Nilbog virgin. <laughs> no, 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 that wasn't the scream of a woman, that was Arnold. And one of the goblins throws a flipping spear at him. Mm. <laughs> and his reaction to it, it's like he just got a bit of a paper cut. <laughs> it's like, oh! Oof. Ah! Mm. Oh! <laughs> uh, it's, it's basically family guys falling on his knee thing. Yeah. Like, ah! Oh. Yeah. Oh. You know, like if you know if you if you if you're barefoot and you step on like an upturned plug, like yeah, or like a, a or like a piece of Lego, yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, that's annoying. Oh, that's really yeah. Annoying. I think Lego is better because a plug could actually be really hurt. Like whether you see the pins of a plug, yeah, yeah. But if you if like, it's like you're walking barefoot, you walk around a house, and you see you step on a piece of Lego, you're that kind of annoyance is his reaction to getting speared in the shoulder. And it looks really fake as well. Like, it doesn't look like it even goes all the way in. It looks like it just goes... No. And in the next scene, he just completely forgot about it, it seems. Apparently, he needs to go to the hospital. Yeah. But he doesn't react to it. Like, he's not holding it there properly. He's supposed to be bleeding. He just got a spear right through him. And he has no reaction to it. So he's, so so Arnold and, um, and Sharon Stone, like, minus two, um, are, they stumble across this church. Mm. And this is where, personally for me, you get my favourite my favorite person in the entire movie. Mm. So you're introduced to this woman. <laughs> Who's like, I can only describe her as like, when I used to watch uh, children's TV programmes yes. like in, in the 90s, whenever you had like a, a villain in a 90s kids TV show on like ITV or something like that, they were a bit like her. She's like really over dramatic and a little bit gothic looking, but yeah. like really crap gothic looking, you know, like crap cheap goth. Yeah. Kind of thing. Oh, cheap goth was great. The moment you first see her, she goes, she walks in, she, you finally see it. They walk into this church, apparently, her bedroom forward slash living room forward slash witch's lair is all in this main hall and then she comes up from up the stairs and she, she's it's like what would be like a proper netflix and chill layer yeah i know it's like a proper layer <laughs> everything you want you want in one place it's like, like it's all here it's, it is yeah i'm just gonna watch uh, netflix and just have some food and uh, chill and i chill can like a porn bit of magic <laughs> Oh, she's the best. This is my house. Oh my god! I know, right? When you came round earlier, I should have said that when you entered the house. This is my house. And that's that's the first time you see her. Yeah. By that point, I'm in my head. I'm clapping. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen it multiple times by this one, but every time she comes in, I just want to give her a round of applause because by that point, like. I know what I'm getting myself in. No, she just she's, her eyes are so wide. It's like, <laughs> God, they're bug-eyed. They're proper bug-eyed. They're amazing. And she, so the first thing she does, it's like, firstly, if someone walked in like wearing full gothic attire with big black eyes, big eyes going, "This is my house." I go, "Fuck this, I'm out of here." Yeah. And uh, she goes down to stairs. Oh, yeah, she gives it. She says, "Yeah, I've got this drink. Do you want to have this drink?" And it's <laughs> foaming all over. 
And it, what, what did they think it was? Hot chocolate? <laughs> it's like, oh, have this. It's nice. Have my broth. Ugh. Um, and she, and the Sharon Stone wannabe, yeah. she, like, or you know, being the better actor, is kind of like, doesn't want it, and she's kind of, like, rejecting it straight away, pretty much, isn't she? Yeah. But they aren't, is it Arnold? Is Arnold, Arnold, Arnold. He's like, well, it looks all right. I might have it in a bit. Like, <laughs> he's kind of, he's still holding it the whole time. Doesn't like, I would just put it down. Like, no, nah, I'm not having it. I don't want it. It's like, it looks horrible. I'm not going to take a chance on it. But he's like, meh. Know. And I'm this is the thing is, the it. moment he has that happen, <laughs> he holds it for the entire movie by this point. If you ever thought, if you look back at it, he's still holding it near the end of the movie. Um, so by that point, so basically, she's somehow sceptical, but she drinks it first. Mm. And she turns into, she basically starts bleeding green, like we've seen in the, I saw the opening cutscene. It's like, oh no, she's turning green. And she goes up the stairs. Weirdly, I don't know why she's going up the stairs, but she's going up the stairs. And the guy is still holding the. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this. I'm just gonna watch what happens, and then I'm gonna have it myself. Right. And, and the thing is, like, she's he's still holding it, and he's still looking up. What's happening with her? And she's coughing green goo. <laughs> I just, I'm just remembering the scene, like, and his reactions again. Like, uh, yeah. So by this point, he's. This is probably the infamous scene from the whole movie. This yeah. is the one that that gets mocked constantly mm. every time on YouTube videos and everything else. This is the thing that gets seen the most. They're eating her. Oh my god. Eat me. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that was perfect. I like this place. <laughs> Not one bit. Oh my, my god! god. <laughs> my sweet Jesus. That was the best. <laughs> I was waiting. His reaction is the best thing. It's it's so like I I can't do any emotion whatsoever. He's like a plank of wood, and it's so good. They're eating her. Are they gonna eat me? Oh my god! It's like she's. It's like he's a little annoyed. <laughs> but it's like him not being the best actor in the world. Yeah. Like put it to put it politely, when he says, "Oh my god," it's just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's a long tone, and his face doesn't even change. It's like Botox. It just stays the same. I imagine like when if they did multiple takes. Yeah. The director was trying to communicate, like, no, just, just, all right, if you can't put any mo- more emotion into it, just say it a bit longer. Maybe that'll, like, keep give, it going. The, give the impression that it's a bit more kind of distressing. I was like, that for, for that particular point, I was laughing so much that my stomach was hurting. <laughs> I saw, I was, oh, God, it was the best. Oh, hi there. <laughs> There's no coffee here in Nilbog. It's the devil's drink. Ooh. So that means there's no Starbucks around the corner or anything, isn't it? Hey. Are you crazy, boy? We're vegetarians here in Nilbog. The store owner. The store owner, the one with the hat and the overalls. I, I actually found him quite sinister, and he's the only element of horror I thought was like, 
kind of there because he he does look kind of creepy and kind of like I think intense. He, yeah. He's the only thing that looks creepy, but he feels so <laughs> weird that this is the only kind of element that could be a bit creepy when the entire movie is trying to be creepy and fails miserably. Yeah. So this I mean, is it's like he, the, the the troll aspect, the gob or goblin. They're, they're supposed to be what the horror element. They're yeah. supposed to be creepy. They're not going to be ever in the movie. Ever. Because like... they just look like a bunch of kids with masks on with with pillows underneath them to look fat. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, he's kind of creepy. But uh, another thing, looking back at the wonderful IMDb page, um, that the character of the shop owner, actually, uh, the character of the shop owner was a last-minute replacement because the original guy... Just never showed up on set. It's oh. <laughs> extras for you. <laughs> I don't know. You want, technically, it wouldn't even be an extra. It's a bit part, isn't it? So yeah, just, but weren't they all booked for extras? Or something originally, like? no. Yeah. Originally, it was supposed to be extra. They were they were they were applying to be extras in the movie, yeah. and they got hired as lead roles, mm. which is bizarre. But yeah, basically, he the creepiest thing in the movie was by accident. Mm. Again, you know, it's like a pattern. Um, and, his, and this is the thing that I've noticed uh, watching this movie several times, and it's really funny, and it'll lead up to the ending, is that he says, like, for example, like, uh, the shop owner is like, is like, is like, so what are you doing here? And uh, so what do you want? And then uh, and the, and, the, and, the, and and yellow guy goes over and says, um, and goes over and says, we need to get some. I want to get some food and stuff. Do you have any? Do you have any food here? And it's like we don't have much around here. And it's like, do you have like any eggs? Ugh, eggs. Do you have any bacon? Bacon. bacon. <laughs> <laughs> You're like what? And it turns out that basically everyone in in, in Nilbog are vegetarians. Yeah. Which is weird. And then when you think about it later on, and especially with the ending, it basically means that vegetarians are evil. This movie is saying all veggies are evil. If you're, yeah. Imagine if you're fucking vegan. God. <laughs> and what I love, though, is funny because, like, the other, the family were talking about food that they wanted. Yeah. Like, and it was, like, eggs, bacon, yeah. and uh, what was the other thing? Eggs, bacon, and something else. Yeah, uh, but, like, when the, when the teenager, yellow guy, yeah. when he goes to ask for food, all he wants is eggs. And bacon. bacon. And it's like. And coffee. No, Eggs, and coffee. bacon, and coffee. Yeah, oh, coffee is the worst one. Coffee. So, <laughs> do you think, like, this is like the Italians think, Italian thinking, this is all Americans want? American, like, oh, American want breakfast, get egg, bacon, and coffee. That's all, what they have. All the time. That's all, all they the want. time. That's all they want in life is eggs, bacon, and, and, and coffee. I love it. They like, say, coffee. <gasps> Coffee's the worst thing you can have. Yeah. And it's it's like what? And then it, and this is where it says like have some of this nil have some of this nil bog milk again. It's like oh we're bringing back the the PVA glue. Yeah. And uh, at this point, he this is the thing we talked about before. The sheriff gave the yellow guy the sandwich. Mm. And he's always starting to sweat green. Yeah, he's got a green brow going on. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a bit of a brow, a bit much. And then again, it goes off. And then again. All it, it almost feels like half the town is standing outside this drugstore. And they've got all, nothing to do. It's a small town. It's an old <laughs> small town. It's like, mmm, young, you fresh young meat. And then see everyone staring at him. And then the other guy's like, your friend tells you to go, you need to, to meet him at the church. You mean Arnold? Yes, that guy. <laughs> 
literally like that. He it, it reminded me of like you know in a school play yeah. when someone's got a little part <laughs> and they have to kind of walk towards the front of the stage and kind of say their line. Oh like, my god! It reminds me of that. <laughs> it, just, it looks like this is this is your line now. <laughs> Go and say it and make and do it good because you're not going to have any others. It was exactly like that. Hey, you. Yeah? Your friend has a message for you. Who? Arnold? Yeah, that's him. He said to meet him in the house that looks like an old church. Okay. You can go through the woods. It's only about a mile away. So, yellow guy goes to the church. Like I said, it's going to be yellow guy. I don't know his name. And um, he collapses onto the bed. And this is where we reveal how Arnold is at the minute. And he's... <laughs> yeah, he's now, like, part plant or tree or whatever. He's, he's kind of like... He's in a pot. He's in a plant pot. And he's got, like... His legs are kind of, like, rooted to the pot. Mm. And his, his, fa- his face is supposed to have, like, like, a plant root, like, all over yeah. his face. But what it looks like... He's just a dog of shit on his face. <laughs> it looks just like someone shot on his face. My God. <laughs> He's becoming one with nature. He is a tree. <laughs> his face just looks like a massive dog shit. <laughs> he, get, yeah, he, gets, he gets pulled off the gag yeah. of his mouth. And he literally just says like, I can't remember the yellow guy's name, but he's, let's call him Stephen. And he literally just goes, get me out of here, Stephen. <laughs> like, he's, he's, this guy is fused to a pot by his legs, like, like, and he's actually been trapped, and he's, he's becoming a plant. And that's how he reacts to he that don't, situation. He's not like going, oh, my God, thank God you're here. Please to drag me away. It's like, oh, just get me out of here. <laughs> just take me. Get me out of here, yellow guy. Go on. You will be punished for this. No. Please, ma'am. I beg you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to me with that? You just feel a little little flower. <laughs> so we, this is something we haven't real, we haven't talked about yet. But um, the witch seems to the witch seems to be the queen of the goblins, or whatever it is. We don't know, but the witch seems to be the queen of the goblins. <laughs> Yeah, and she does this through the power of Stone Edge. <laughs> I mean, this is what this is what I'm saying about going back to earlier about like it seemed like it's like from the perspective of a child because say a child like went to Stonehenge one time, yeah, and then like so later and they were, then then they were thinking of a magical story. So the, it's like Stone Edge. Yeah, the, the 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 witch would have the power of Stonehenge because yeah, I've been Stonehenge. I know someone told it's me about magical. That, yeah. I've heard there's they have a literal Stonehenge in the house. So the witch has literally part two, of the furniture. Part of the furniture, literally a wall, a hole in the wall with with glowing lights. Yeah, 
with a Stonehenge on it. Stonehenge, Stonehenge. I'm sorry, okay. Uh, we talk about it a while. For some reason, like, every time we were watching in the movie, I started doing like, in the impression of Bray Winston. <laughs> Stonehenge, goblins, baloney. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> you fuckers. Now, I'm telling you, Ray Winston would have made this movie... You know what I would love? I would love to do this. If if ever we ever get successful, I want to get Ray Winston to come and watch Troll 2 with us. And just to see, just talk over it. I go like, what the fuck is this shit? Uh, he would hate it. Would- I reckon... Proper actors would probably hate really, really bad movies. Like oh, really bad cause, acting. Because I don't, I don't know whether they. Because you know, like we can appreciate the comedy, the unintentional comedy of it. Yeah. An actual proper actor, I don't think would like. I think it would make him cringe too much when they see people acting badly. Like, would he be like constantly going like, "That's my profession, you're ruining right yeah, there." <laughs> I think so, but I don't know. I don't know whether some actors can see past that. And they just enjoy it for the, the, the laugh, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, we can obviously enjoy it for the laughter because we... We know, look, we, we're we filmmakers and we've we've directed people and so on. But we know we're not the best at the same time. We're getting there. We're developing. But at the same time, it's always kind of weird when we see something like that happen where someone is doing it far worse. And you're thinking, oh, Jesus. Okay. That's and the, a- th- the thing is, it's like... These people, I mean, it's a, it's a low budget movie, right? Yeah. But there's still going to be thousands of dollars involved with that movie because yeah. it's kind of like you know you've got things going on that cost money. You can see it on the screen, so even though it's cheap, it's still they but they've still been given that money to they make the film. They still got the stuff, yeah. And it's just like, and this is what you make with it. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. If, I mean, if we had the that money. We, you know, we would at uh, least try to do something. Because um, so, I've seen movies before I thought looked really cheap. And then you go into IMDb, IMDb and, it, and it says like the budget was like three million or something. Like, it's like, for God's sake, why did you spend that money on? And here's the thing, though, like for us, like three million is like, holy shit, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But maybe for them, it's like chump change, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so we've got the power of Stonehenge that seems to bring the ability to bring the, all the power to the goblins, right? Mm. To the vegetarian goblins. We have to make this very particular because we had a, a shot of the father reading a, a, veg, a vegetable cooking book. Oh, that's one of my favourite bits in the film because it's like, you know in a movie when you're trying to make it too obvious for the audience, it's yeah. kind of like... I mean, I saw that it was important that he was reading a veg, veg, vegetarian book like in the wide shot. Yeah. But it decided to, the camera decides to go zoom in and mm. c- keep zooming for like a, like about a two minutes or something. It's got a, <laughs> this whole movie until, has Until zoomed. the whole frame is filled with the veg, vegetable book. I like, we get it! <laughs> we know! Vegetables are a big thing here! God! <laughs> And then and it's happened so often in the movie. There's loads of random zoom-in shots. I think that was the first one, wasn't it? That was the first one that was, like, really intense. Obvious. There were a few, yeah. Obvious, because there were a few others. But it was like, nah, it's just, like, a choice. But then we started noticing, holy shit, they're zooming in on all the clues. Okay. All right, it. we get it. The vegetable cookbook. Right. I saw that he was reading that on the wide shot. He didn't need to zoom in. All right, all right. 
there's a bit where the witch is finally like, oh God, okay, I need to bring, I have to summon the power of of Stonehenge to transform herself into a sexier version of her. So first of all, you have basically overdramatic drama teacher transform into a girl who probably would be at least second choice to be in a white snake video. Yeah. Just draped over like a muscle car. Or yeah, something. exactly. Uh, big hair, big boobs, tiny waist, you name it. And then she, <laughs> the scene, the scene there is that she's suddenly walking down the, she's walking down the uh, thing. And here's the thing, the entire time of this, and this is not really explained because the witch has barely any idea that the, that the caravan exists. Mm. Right? Like, so the witch seems to magically know that the other guy, Mr. Boyfriend's lover boy, who's been sleeping on the couch the entire time, yeah. um, is in the caravan. She's just aware. He's omnipresent. Omnipresent, right? And so she's dancing in the middle of the fucking thing, right in front of the TV. Like, she's peering on the TV. It's like, I am not a chat. I'm not a program. I'm real. Come outside and meet me. And then suddenly she's out there holding a corn the cob. Again, the corn. And then they go in. They go in. And they try and get sexy with it. But again, it's really fucking weird. So at one point she, oh, she spreads, she, she, she puts her leg over and like, poof, like Miss, like, you know, graduate, are you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson? Yeah. Kind of way. And then... She's got suspenders on and stuff. Suspenders and like a dressing gown. It's really like fucking sexy in a weird way. But she's holding the corn, which is a constant distraction. What's the matter? Aren't you hungry? Uh, actually, I like popcorn. Well, no problem. All we have to do is heat it up. Not what I would think of, like, because but I don't. I know it's corn, but I don't. Think, associate... Do you think pork corn with popcorn? No, I don't, like corn on the cob. I would just, you know, put some butter on that, heat it up, and just bite it off. Yeah. It's not the same thing as popcorn I at, know, at all. I know, but and this it's is like just because it's leading to so... this big moment, which is probably your favorite scene of the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah, it's just like. Ah, oh, basically, she has it in the corn. Mm. She leans in. She has the corn in her mouth. She's biting it. <laughs> yes. And he ends up... She, she like kind of forces it into his face, but he, he kind of is willing. He, li- he likes the idea of it. So he's biting on it. So it, visually, it looks like they're kissing, but there's a corn on the cob wedged between them. So weird. And they're just biting it and biting it and biting it, and then eventually, pop! And, like, it, <laughs> popcorn goes everywhere in an orgasmic fashion. And I just don't... I, other than, like, it being very funny, yeah, I don't know what the, the point of it was. The whole like, scene could be removed, and it would have had nothing to do with the plot. It's just the fact that they, they someone had an idea that this would be funny, let's put this in there, so they did. But it's like... Because I think that bit is meant to be funny. It's got to be. It has to be. Un- yeah. It has to be, unless 
this generally is like death by popcorn. Because the thing is, the guy is still kind of alive, but he's just in the caravan covered in popcorn at the end of it. And then we never hear from him again, which makes me think he died from popcorn. (laughs) No more. No more popcorn. I suppose maybe not like make making it funny isn't isn't the right wording, but like they, they wanted to make it impressive because the whole popcorn thing kind of thing like happening. <laughs> but popcorn like, was not thing is popcorn wasn't coming. This would have been more impressive. Popcorn wasn't coming out of like their mouths or like the corn itself. It was just someone who's chucking it at them. So where the fuck was popcorn coming from? Yeah, because in theory, in that if that sequence was happening. The popcorn will be coming out of the corner of the cob. Yeah. Like, just and then like engulfing him. and like going everywhere. But it's just, it like, sh- kind of like showers down almost, yeah. doesn't it? People listening, like, they're just, we're describing this scene and they haven't seen it. It's just going to sound so odd. It's so, it's odd when you see it, let alone when we describe it. Um, so, yeah, that's probably. Edward's best scene, favourite scene. It's probably the weirdest scene in the whole movie. The whole town folk are now knowing, they're trying to convince the family to finally turn to fucking vegetables, right? So when the father and the son come back to the house, like, it's a, and and this is after they confronted the daughter and the, um, the boyfriend. So all of them are going back to the house, like, what the hell's going on here when all the cars are outside? They go into the house and literally just see everybody like everybody oh my god we forgot one scene we forgot a scene we have to we, we have to rewind okay mm-hmm. ted dibiase <laughs> oh i was gonna say if you didn't mention that that would be we a completely real missed disappointment. it we missed it we missed it okay so in between this the sun disappears I was, I was thinking that hadn't come up yet no it did come up it, mm. it, it came up before this or around this so okay so the sun <laughs> disappears and seems to follow some people and goes into this underground shack or whatever the hell it is and finds all the town folk, like, having a preach from what someone who looks like. This is probably my second favourite scene because <laughs> they're, like, they're just having, like, a preach preaching session by Ted DiBiase from the WWE. Yes. And uh, it's not actually him, but it looks like him. Symbol of original sin. Just like, guys... Ted DiBiase, million dollar Oh my god, he does! <laughs> Where is the million dollar championship belt? <laughs> he needs Virgil and all the other people that come along with him. The only reaction is, Sausages. Uh, Sausages. Sausages! They're the worst! Literally, in that meeting, that's all that's happening. It's just listing meats, and they're all going, that's horrible. And it's basically saying, like, we need to defeat the meat eaters. We are the legion of vegetables. Yeah, and it's just another way of, like, the the director saying vegetarians are shit again, isn't it? It's true what it is. I feel like the Italian, this, this Italian guy must be looking at going, like, 
God, you know vegetarians are assholes, right? And then, okay, and then by this point, the, the boy sees this and gets captured by them, and the whole town is trying to force-feed him this porridge that basically they call it Nilbog ice cream. Oh, before before he kind of, like, gets sort of captured by him or seen, yeah. it did another one of those things where the skateboard is going to be important. <laughs> So like he he had because he's got this green uh, green skateboard and uh, so nineties he he basically has it in the scene and he carries it with him and he's looking he's peering down on him through this hole in the floor but before he does that he kind of he puts his skateboard down and the camera just zooms in really close for ages <laughs> onto the skateboard like say right is if it had commentary it'd be like. Right, okay, the the skateboard in the next sequence is going to be important. I just want you to focus on the skateboard <laughs> for a second. The skateboard, right, is going to be important in the next scene. Okay, you got it? You got it? You got it? You got it? Okay. Oh, and another bit, that was, it wasn't a zoom in, but I mean, you pointed it out. When there's a, a big platter on the table at, yeah. at some stage, there's a, there's a little box of forks. It just says forks. Forks on it. On it. <laughs> It's like, in case you didn't know what's in the box, you now know it's forks. Really bold red text. Forks. Forks. And you're like, what the fuck? It's like the production design is a constant photo bomb. Like, I it's- know. It's like, like hey, I, look, I'm. this is shit. So I'm going to have to put some things of note. And they drive off and they go back to the house. And this is suddenly, literally, when they go back to the house after confronting, like, the boy, the boyfriend and everything else and coming back... The whole town is magically teleported from that little shack to their house. And they've got a whole shit full of food. And the mum... This is where mum goes from one to ten. Bearing in mind, but before that point, we'd only seen mum on notch one. On notch one. (laughs) And then the entire movie, she's on notch ten. And so the whole family's now gone in with mum clearly on cocaine, trying to eat on a table with forks on it. And, uh, and this is the point. The son gets a bit distracted. His oh, yeah. grandpa's back. Yeah. Then by this point, son goes upstairs, right? He goes upstairs and grandpa appears again because son, son's, going, son's going to the mirror and going like, Grandpa, Grandpa, are you there? And a fucking troll just runs through the fucking mirror. And then grandpa with a flipping axe chops the hand off the goblin and die, and it dies. So so Grandpa's badass. He can hold a fucking axe. He can kill goblins and shit. So why the fuck has he not done this in the first place? Is beyond me. Mm. And then he goes to the kid and goes like, do not be sorry about the fire. It's like, what fire? And Grandpa takes out a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> it's just weird. His powers, like, his best powers are reserved for the third act. <laughs> I know. Like, no, I can't use them. It's not the third act. Yet. It's it's not the, I'm waiting because I could do a whole bunch of shit, but I can't do it. So by this point, we're like, what the fuck are you? Are you a ghost? Are you a wizard? Are you some kind of weird entity? It's never explained. Grandpa has all these powers and we never understand them. Hurry, let's put some fuel on the fire. Cut it out, kid. You'll never be able to stop us. And as for you, old man, go back to your kingdom of shadows. I order you to the sacred power of the magic stone. It is for no. 
So, using his lightning powers, the, the Teddy Biasi, who's now holding the Molotov cocktail, goes ran, explodes into flames. And on top of that, he's now holding gloves, which are clearly the stunt man who's saying, I ain't getting my fucking head burned. <laughs> the, <laughs> the continuity that is just like, nah, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. You know, like, help and safety first, you know? Like, this is the first time he's done it. What are the, the guy, gloves like? Are they obvious? They're white gloves. Like <laughs> Mickey Mouse. They're proper white gloves. And the entire time, he, the guy's not wearing gloves, and suddenly he's wearing white gloves, which clearly must be like help the safety gloves. Fucking <laughs> hell. I know. The more we look at it back now, we're thinking of his memory. It's like, this is even worse than you thought. Um, and then by this point, he's on fire, and everyone comes out with a fire extinguisher. Grandpa disappears conveniently he disappears because he could have fucking stayed until like, hey, hey, family. Hey, you know, your son has been talking to me this entire time. That's accurate. That's actually true. Grandpa exists. Woo. But you know, when he disappears, <laughs> yeah. the way it's, it's cut, it, it, like, it looks like he, he transformed into fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Because it's all like, Da, 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 da. And the son's like going, huh? Yes, the and son just... is looking at the fire extinguisher, talking like to Grandpa. Oh, like... Grandpa! <laughs> what are you doing turning into a fire extinguisher? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, that's great. So he finally, Grandpa fire extinguisher gets used to turn Ted DiBiase to back to regular perfect. But he stops the fire and it turns to a goblin. And now, finally, after nearly like an hour and a bit of the sun saying, these people are goblins, finally they all believe him. Yeah. And so this is where the movie starts getting like trippy and shit. Because they they lock themselves in the house with all the town folk who are now clearly goblins, saying like, you can we can do it the easy way or the hard way, and so they're barricading the house. And so by this point, they go for Grandpa again using a seance, which we never knew they knew how to do a fucking seance, but they knew how to do a seance. And then Grandpa appears again, only as a sound of my voice, a sound of voice saying, "We have only got a little time. I can only stay on this plane for another hour or something." It's like he's, <laughs> he's got to get back to his watch his TV programs or something like. He wants to go back. Well, go back home, watch Netflix. God damn it. So by this point, he does a swap over. So he gets this, the son gets magically teleported back to the witch's lair. Mm. And that gets replaced with a goblin. So now the rest of the family are stuck with goblins because grandpa's a dick, basically. And um, oh, it's so weird. This is the thing. That's the first episode. We're talking that we're going through the entire movie because the whole movie is just a fucking mess. But the way we're describing it, it's like it sounds like the rambling of an insane person. What mm. it, it it sounds like we're we, it sounds like we're making it up, but we're not. I want to make this perfectly clear: we're not making this up. If you watch Troll Two, everything we've just said happens, and it might sound like it sounds ingenious and it's really kind of trippy and kind of cool, but it isn't. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't trippy. It is like it's like ooh, a psychedelic. Ooh, there must be some kind of hidden metaphor. No, you are making the hidden metaphor. You're finding a trip because you're probably on acid while watching it. It's just, oh, God, it's so weird. Grandpa, where have you been? Keep this. Keep it. You can only take out the contents when you really need it. Do you understand? I understand. And now? 
Here it is. The Stonehenge Magic Stone. The Goblin's Magic Power. It's a bit like Angel Delight. Remember Angel Delight? Yeah, I remember Angel Delight. Well, we still yeah. make it now, but like, that you looks... only have it as a kid. Have you ever had Angel Delight as an adult? It's horrible. I've never... Oh, God. I've had it. only had it as a kid. The, uh, all the goblins magically appear back in the witch's lair, and the witch appears. <laughs> okay. And then he finally... He's being surrounded by all these goblins. He takes out the... He takes out a triple-layered bologna sandwich. Oh, cool. He takes this all out. It's amazing. He takes this out. This is a sign that clearly the Italian director hates vegetarians. Because at this point, he takes out this, this stacked, like, fucking stacked bologna sandwich. And the kid's about to eat it. And it was like, <gasps> no, don't. The toxins. It's like the power of meat. The power of meat. And finally, all the goblins just explode into a pile of red goo. And then the family teleports. They're all gone. They're just magically in the car, looking like they've seen... They look like they've gone to war. Yeah. And they just pull up in the driveway and they're kind of just like, well, fucking hell, that was, that was pretty bad, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, and they, one of the teenage... One of the, the, the boyfriend is like, yeah, I'm going to go home for a while. I'm, I'm not coming back. And uh, the... the the daughter's like, yeah, I'm going to come with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get away from this family for a while. So it just seems like the ends kind of rush together. Because how the fuck do you end that movie? You can't end that movie well. Do you want some, Joshua? <laughs> um... I would say, as the first time you've seen Troll 2, did you like it? Um, I, I found it... In, like, for example, I, I like bad, like movies like that, that are bad movies, enjoyable, funny bad movies. Mm. I enjoyed it while watching it with you, Yeah. but if I was watching it on my own... You'd find a shit. I, I wouldn't... I mean, I'd kind of... There's, there's bits where I would kind of, like... Uh, find it amusing but I don't think I would allow myself to get to those bits because mm. I would put it on and you know the opening I would have seen like oh, this is a bit shit I, you know I'm not going to watch it all you, know, you wouldn't have the effort to go no, for it no no but like watching it with you mm. uh, and having the, the banter while we're watching it yeah it made it absolutely like hilarious and entertaining Which is- so it's a movie to watch with Another like-minded person. You need like. to watch it with someone else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And someone who, hopefully, this is what I think you do. If you've never seen it before, watch it with someone who has, because mm. that will make it a little bit easier for you. If you both go in completely blind, you might not enjoy it. It's always mm. better. This is why. This is why. This is why this entire podcast is happening because I am this kind of connoisseur of rubbish. <laughs> I've got this pile of just amazing, trashy movies. And since you have not seen nearly any of them, I am your guide through this magical world that is trash cinema. Mm. And Troll 2 is probably the perfect example of what's to come. Yeah. So if you enjoyed it with me, 
Oh God, I've got some corkers for you. But the thing is, with, is also with this podcast, I, I don't. We're not. They're not all going to be bad, are they? No, they're not all going to be bad. They're all. There are movies that. Oh, well, there will be good movies. Yeah, but they're like trashy, or they've got something that's really kind of like cheap about cheap them. or cultish or whatever it is like that. Yeah. So it's more than just like. I'm going to show you a bad movie. Okay, see if you can handle it. Mm. It's more a little bit like, here's some like underground cinema. Here's some cult classics. Here's some that maybe you've never heard of or seen before, but they are infamous in their own circles. Yeah. So Troll 2 is probably the best introduction for you. Mm. And now that you've seen the quality of it, are you excited for some of the other stuff I'm going to be flinging at you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. That was, uh, what could more could I ask for? <laughs> Yeah, that that is the sound of a man incredibly enthusiastic. Uh, we'll catch what we're going to do. We'll wrap it up now. We'll catch you guys next time. Where hopefully, the, from the magical list we have, I've got a gory one next for you. Okay. So that will be a good one to do. So, from all from, for all cult fans out there, keep, keep an eye on your trash. There might be something good in there. See you guys later. This podcast has been an enigmatic production. It's hosted by Johan Paul and music by Edward Harvey. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Buzzsprout. Share it, like it, write a review. For more information on our other projects, check out our website, www.enigmaticproductions.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it around with movie lovers you know, maybe add a star rating or write a good review. All of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics. Want to find out more about us? Then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles. <laughs>